Missouri Valley Mix, the Northern Iowa Panthers. And for this, we have a first-time guest that will be stopping by. Elliot Clough is his name, UNI insider and the host of Corn Stocks and Sports Talk. Down there in uh, Cedar Falls, we have the gong. There we go. First-time guest, nice enough to join us. Gong for the first-timers. Elliot was nice enough to have me on his show a little while back, so made the call, and he's going to be nice enough to join us today. Uh, Elliot, great to have you on here on the radio show. How are you doing, sir? Andy, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I uh, I know I've lived here in, in Iowa pretty much my whole life, a little bit of Wisconsin, too. I can I can tell you that you guys are right. It is going to get cold. Don't want to talk about that right now, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, if there's anything I can provide, it's uh, definitely Ope. That is definitely, that is so much a Midwest thing. That and uh, Iowa Nice down here. I think Minnesota Nice is a thing, too. Yeah, Minnesota Nice, Iowa Nice. Land of 10,000 Lakes is also a Minnesota kind of phrase. Um, have you ever heard of Lutefisk or Lefsa? Uh, Lutefisk, Lutefisk I've heard yes. of. Isn't that like a fish? Yes, correct. Lutefisk. Some people pronounce it different ways. That was something yeah, one of our listeners pr- proposed to Rob over here as a man coming from Texas to uh, – to not try out, to stay away from, actually, and I can attest to that one. Uh, we're, t- we're here to talk with you, though, about football and not about fish that are being pickled uh, or potato <laughs> pancakes, which is basically what Lefsa is. Uh, you and I, fall camp, what have been the reports? What have been the, the position battles that have been won, and, and how are things going for the Panthers? Right, so yesterday uh, it was officially uh, put out that, that C.O. Day, Coach Mark Farley told me that C.O. Day will once again be the starting quarterback this year. That was one of those things that I think – fans just kind of generally knew though Matt Morrissey backup quarterback has been getting some first team snaps in there he is very talented he can definitely swing it but Theo coming back after last season where you and I went five and five under Sean Watson as the OC of course Bodie Reader and Ryan Clanton taking over the the offense this season Bodie Reader uh, has spent some time with Eastern Washington I think we all know uh, the type of offense they brought to the table and then he's also been on staff with Auburn so he's coming in and joined Ryan Clanton, who's been on the offensive line, uh, the, the offensive line coach, rather. And and they're really reshaping the offense. I've heard a lot of good things about not only Reader, but but the offense taking a leap as a whole, too. I don't think Coach Mark, Mark Farley would necessarily agree with that, just because he has a very, very, very high standard. But I, I've heard that from staff. I've heard that from players, that the offense is definitely taking a leap. And then, of course, you look at the UNI defense, and it's it's a Coach Mark Farley defense, so they're they're always going to be uh, among the best in the country. But uh, as far as you know, position battles go, the really really the only one that that comes to mind that has been at the forefront has been that quarterback competition. Other than that, you know, uh, these guys are, are are pretty much locked into who's going to start. Of course, um, you, you look at the roster and, and the names that pop off are are Benny Sapp and, and Spencer Cuvillier on defense. And then, of course, Theo Day on, on the offensive side. And that wide receiving group they've got this year is deep. And defense, too, the, the, the secondary is absolutely loaded. Um, they got some FBS transfers coming in. And so uh, it, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a great year for you and I football. Obviously, uh, the MBFC is, is cutthroat. It, it, it's it's a bloodbath, so so we'll see how they measure up to the rest of the competition. But but I, I have high expectations for you and I football this season. I want to go to that quarterback position first. You mentioned Theo Day winning that battle, and Coach Mark Farley mentioning, I guess, really that he has won that battle. Played a lot last year. I thought there were some bright moments. They've been looking for maybe more of an electric passing game in the last couple of years. I thought he provided a little bit of that in certain sparts or certain moments. 
how close of a battle do you think it really was? And what are the things Mark Farley saying that Theo Day has, has done to improve and, and help that offensive passing game? Well, I tell you what, it was very close at one point in time. A member of the staff told me that at the beginning of camp, he would have said it was probably 70% Theo, 30% Matt Morrissey. And as camp progressed, he told me it was about 55-45. That's what it switched to. And then this last week, Theo really settled in. He had a moment with, with Coach Reeder where he said, don't worry about Matt. Don't worry about that competition. Just settle in, play how you know to play. And, and and get comfortable, and that's exactly what happened, and, and Theo separated himself. And I, I think, and it's another thing that, that a different member of the staff told me, is that the deep ball is really what separated Theo um, over this last week. Not only making all the right, well, not all the right reads, but, but more of the right reads in practice um, and, and feeling more comfortable and confident in that position, it's, it's the ability to connect on the deep ball. And when you have speed receivers like Quan Hampton and Deion McShane, you gotta you gotta be able to hit the deep ball, right? But um, that that and the fact that uh, it, it's confidence, right? I mean, Theo's been out there and he's done it before. He played in eleven games last year, won six of them, and so he he's done it before. He's coming from Michigan State, of course, three star transfer, um, uh, one of the biggest recruits in in Michigan that year, the top quarterback in Michigan that year, and so Theo it, it, for him, I think mostly mostly it's the confidence. Because Matt Morrissey has a lot of a lot of the tools that that a lot of quarterbacks you want in them, but but Theo's been there before; he's done it. Yeah, Theo Day last year you mentioned eleven games. I got uh, you know season high twenty eight in the rushing category, so not necessarily a, a dual threat quarterback, but three hundred three yards against South Dakota passing, a couple of passing touchdowns against Missouri State. That overall a, a fairly decent year. You mentioned some of the receivers too. I think you and I and NDSU are in kind of. Similar situations there at the receiver position. NDSU, you lose Christian Watson, super electric, but you feel like, hey, we got Phoenix Sproles. He's played a lot of games and a lot of snaps, and he's done a lot of things. And you got some other younger guys that are, you know, have proved themselves at least a little bit last year. And then you look at you and I, you, you lose Weston, who was as athletic of a receiver as maybe that program has ever had, and he gets, you know, into an NFL camp and into an NFL roster here in, in the uh, preseason. But you still have McShane. You still have Hampton. You have guys that are proven there as well. Uh, how deep do they go at wide receiver, and who could be some difference makers there, maybe outside of those two guys? I tell you, Andy, you know, uh, barring health, it's ridiculously deep. I, I don't think I've ever seen a wide receiver group this deep at, at UNI. And, and I could probably, probably, you know, in my time covering them, obviously, but um, I could probably say the same thing about the defensive back group. But uh, to the wide receivers, of course, you mentioned Dion, you mentioned Quan, and then there's a player that. MVFC teams have seen a very small amount of, and it's Logan Wolf. The Cedar Falls native, he was the Des Moines Register Athlete of the Year when he was a senior, and he just has not been able to stay healthy. It's been that injury bug just coming up on him and biting him every single year, and he is a freak athlete. I'll tell you that right now. Um, he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. And, again, that's, that's assuming that, that he remains healthy. And then you go into the, the guys that have kind of been around, maybe not – uh, not, maybe not stars, but they're consistent in the program. And you think of Sam Schnee, who's a guy I, I tweeted about it last night. I was at UNI football practice. He's just a guy that finds the ball. And, and Theo, it, he really sees him as, you know, he might not be the first option, but he's a guy that's going to get the ball. He's going to make the right play. He's not going to turn the ball over. You know, fumbles aren't, it, it's just not going to happen with Sam Schnee. 
And then you look at transfers from FBS schools like Peter Udoibach, who's coming from Minnesota, and then Desmond Hudson, who's coming from Iowa. Hudson had some injuries over the spring and the summer, but he's a guy that is expected to, to come in and, and compete. And and even the, the tight end group, you're looking at Jaden Scott, who had some injuries last year. Alex Allen is coming back. Lane Pryor. Um, there's there's pass catchers everywhere for, for this UNI offense this year. Um, and, you know, last year, they, we had the injuries with, with Isaiah West, and they had the injuries with Quan Hampton, and they really had to dig deep and bring some of these guys up. Sergio Morancy was a true freshman last year, and he came in and played. He'll play this season, too. And so there's guys that are coming in that have that experience, and there's guys with this crazy level of talent that are coming from the FBS. So it's it's every spot, there's there's something they're bringing to the table. And this, this wide receiver group, I mean, I'll say it again, it's, it's I've never seen it be this deep here at UNI. And Elliot Clough here with us, host of Corn Stocks and Sports Talk, which I absolutely love that name, uh, joining us on the Missouri <laughs> Valley Mix. You mentioned Ryan Clanton, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach as well. I know there's been some continuity things the last handful of years, maybe more than a handful of years now, about just kind of keeping the same voices, the same play calling. They lost an offensive coordinator a couple weeks before the spring season back there in 20 uh, or 2021, I guess, in that spring. And then really his, his first full year, He's going into kind of season three, but it's really like you know the second full year of, of this offensive system. How much do you think that the players have it down? How much do you think it's it's continuing to grow? And what do you think it will look like here in, in year number two? Right. So with with Clanton and Bodie Reader uh, co leading the offense, it's been a mixture. I, I you know when I first heard about Reader coming in, I got really excited, and I, I think a lot of UNI fans did too, just seeing what he'll bring to this offense. But then you think about it, did he be the third or fourth OC in the last three or four years between Ryan Mahaffey and Sean Watson and now Reader coming in? And I think the move by Coach Farley and making Clanton the co-offensive coordinator was incredibly smart because you're getting some familiarity. You're getting a guy who um, the, the players like. They like being around. He's beloved by the offensive line especially. And, and then you're bringing in this new face who's done it before, who's led offenses, who's scored points. I thought that was really smart, first of all, by Coach Farley. Secondly, uh, with, with Reader and, and the install of the offense, it's taken a little while. And I talked to, to Reader at, at spring ball, and, and he told me he wasn't exactly <laughs> thrilled with how far it had come along at that point, and they were still working on conditioning. Um, and, and, you know, Coach Farley, uh, it, it's hard to get him to say anything positive. <laughs> but... <laughs> But he, uh, he he does think that uh, the offense is coming along. And, and I think Reader, I don't think, I know Reader does as well. It's not where they want it to be. I, I think it's going to take it a lot to, to get where it wants to be, to get it fully installed, to really feel like these guys know it like the back of their hands, just because it is there is a level of volume that we haven't seen at UNI in a long time. But I, I think it's one of those things that's going to progress as the season goes along, right? I mean, and, and you get that when you get new members of the staff. You get that when you get new new offenses coming in. So I think it's going to, to be frank, I mean, I, I tweeted out the stats from the offense under Sean Watson, and it was not good. So, you know, there's there's really nowhere to go but up, but I do think it's going to progress throughout the season too. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting combination again here this year, and Theo Day will be the man that uh, that, that mans that position. Last question for you, just quickly. Since you, you thought that battle was close here in fall camp, if Theo Day, let's say, has a couple of bad games early on, do you think they make a switch? They've done that in years past. I think it's possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we don't really have a huge frame of reference 
for Matt when he's on the field, right? I mean, I've seen him in practice. Like I said, he can fling it. And and I was told by, by several people on the staff that it's like uh, they've never seen a guy who throws it. So it's just so easy. It's like it fires out of his hand and he's just, you know, throwing the ball around in the backyard. But, you know, the only thing we've really seen from him on the field is against Eastern Washington in that playoff game last year where he went 10 of 28 through two interceptions. So it's, it's a possibility. Would I say it's likely? I don't. I think Theo's the guy. I think Coach Farley's going to roll with him. It's not like the last season where it was Will McIlvain for a game and a half and then Theo Day. Because I think last year the difference was, you know, Day was a Michigan State transfer. He's this guy who's coming in who was this huge recruit. Then you got Will McIlvain who was a, uh, a walk-on. And so there's a, there's a big difference between these two situations. I would say it's never out of the realm of possibility with Coach Farley, but I don't necessarily see it happening in, in 2022. Okay. Elliot Clough, nice enough to give us some time and uh, host again of Cornstalks and Sports Talk. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, I follow him. You guys should as well. At Elliot Clough, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. Elliot, great first appearance. Great to have you on. I appreciate the time today. Andy, appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much, guys.